From the pre-dug mass grave in Sinaloa, Mexico, awaiting Sean Penn's arrival, it's the Nowhere Generation, the internet's angriest podcast. I'm Wynn. I'm Michael. And I'm Kyle. What are you... (laughs) What's going on today, guys? (laughs) Apparently trying to get word of this mass grave, apparently. I want to see what happens. And Sean Penn's involvement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. His involvement, but mostly the part where they shoot him in the back of the head and he falls in there. Doesn't he die every time? Yes. No, it's Sean Bean who dies every time. Oh. Yeah, wrong Sean. Damn. Yeah, Sean Penn is... Sean Bean didn't go across borders and speak to an international drug lord. Yeah. For, oh. for Ro- Sean Penn did, though. <laughs> for Rolling Stones to kind of basically like overextend and overreach his like, ever-so-importance. Isn't Sean Penn from Grey's Anatomy, then? No, that no. would be Patrick Dempsey. God damn it! I can't <laughs> win! <laughs> he was that guy who almost went full Super Saiyan when he found out his daughter died in Mystic River. You know what the part I'm talking about where like, all the cops Is that grabbing? my daughter in there?! <laughs> Is that a wall?! <laughs> Yeah. Got, okay, people who are listening right out there right now, if you've ever seen the movie Mystic River, the scene where Sean Penn finds out his daughter dies, he literally does what Wynn just described. Do that again? Is that my daughter in there? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he turns, I think he almost turns green, and he got an Academy Award for that. And then you can hear that pretentious douchebag talking about that scene, right? He was like, well, I, I told Clint Eastwood, um, if I do this, um, uh, people are going to get hurt, probably. And everyone was like, shut the fuck up, Sean Penn, shut and just up. act. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, seriously. Don't, don't, don't do too much. You have two of them already. You snatched one from Mickey Rourke. Come on, yeah. I already have. For, I already have forgave you for that one, man. We'll get to this Oscar shit a little later, though. Like apparently, because we see right now, that's the diagram of how to win one these days. You know, you don't have to just be white. You just have to tell the director what the fuck you're gonna do instead of doing your job and listening to him. And, yeah, instead of listening to the guy who's actually trying to, you know, make the thing that you're in and interviewing fucking drug dealers and shit. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes you gotta just interview El Chapo. No yeah. big. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta you got to, put your life in danger for something that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess you gotta sit there and like, man. But El Chapo, though, like, it, what, apparently it wasn't just all him. It was like this, um, this other uh, Hispanic actress that he's been like eyeing on forever. Gross. And he tried to get in contact with uh, a somebody, somebody that knew her talent agency or her manager or something like that. And she was just like saying, oh, "Okay, you want to talk to Sean Penn? That's cool." Did you see the interview? Actually, I didn't watch it. It's like the movie. Or? No, no, no. Like the the actual like interview. It's on World Star, <laughs> like, what? YouTube, whatever. It's actually <laughs> the a- interviews on World Star. What kind of interview are we talking? It's an interview about? with a drug lord. It's an interview oh. with Sean Penn, <laughs> who's talk- like a wanted fugitive. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, man. Like I, I watched the it's whole. Like, have you thing. seen the Sean Penn interview? It's on World Star. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, 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 no. Who's he going to interview next? No, no, no. Is he going to the- interview the uh, the fucking the caliph in charge of the Islamic State? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no! The fucking UN has their sights on uh, has the sights on um, ISIS right now. Good, but also they're going broke. ISIS, that is. Yeah, so. because that's what happens when you try to you know start a country and everybody in the world hates you right. and decides to drop Hellfire missiles on right. you all day. Yes, but no, no, better yet, better yet, about the whole World Star thing and El Chapo thing. What's more entertaining was the raid, the video of like the Mexican like special forces raid, all the place he was busted in. Oh yeah, that totally happened like right after that interview, didn't it? Like right after, and it's like it's it's literally first person, almost FPS like raid. Everybody's just like vamos, vamos, vamos! It's crazy. It's like in like this huge like uh, La Infanteria. Yeah, it's it's like in this like crazy sex hotel 
I won't say crazy. It's just seedy and Mexican looking. And <laughs> you see dead bodies on the ground where they didn't lay it in that work. You see dudes with like just just uh, with like the AR-15 the freaking suited Mexican up. Marines suited up. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was enthralling. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> El Chapo. I wonder what Shot Bet's got to say to that. I totally didn't have anything to do with do, the subsequent raid. Do you know um, how Sean Penn got brought up in this whole thing? You know why he got even involved? Because he talks to Cuba and shit all the time. No, no, actually... He's just trying to start shit. Actually, because um, this aforementioned Mexican actress I told you about who, like, kind of get, like, you know, who was the eye of El Chapo's affection Uh uh, is also a mutual friend of Sean Penn's. Yeah. And Sean Penn, of course, two-time Academy Award winner, you know... I'm such an important... He's like the Bono of acting. Basically, he's even more annoying than Bono because Bono doesn't talk to people that, you know, are responsible for thousands of people's deaths. Exactly. So basically, <laughs> like, uh, he said, I want to reach out to this Sean Penn guy. You can find the Liam Neeson or something like that. Because some, For some reason, I feel like if Liam Neeson were to do the same fucking thing, I wouldn't be nearly as annoyed. I'd be like... Liam Neeson's a cold motherfucker, but no, it's Sean Penn. Sean Penn's an idiot, but uh, apparently that's how this like all started. He wanted to make a movie, El Chapo, about his life. They're going to make one now. They got uh, a great source material. I like how they took Chapo back to the same prison where he escaped from. Well, you know, it's Mexico. Law but enforcement is generally entrepreneurial. But isn't he also yeah. being extradited by the U.S.? Like, that's happening soon. They're trying to. Yeah, that's going to turn into a huge shitstorm. Oh, yeah, it is. Because, yeah. I, you know, like, okay, so I watched an interesting documentary, speaking of Mexico, right? It's called, uh, I think it's called Cartel Wars or called Cartel Land. It was an A&E documentary that's actually got nominated for, uh, you know, one of the best documentary slots there in the Oscars. Um, it essentially was about two groups, one on the uh, American side of the border called the Arizona Border Recon. They're a bunch of rednecks with AR-15s and Army camo that like to patrol the border. And uh, then there is another group. Now, this group is more focused on and uh, a lot more worthy of conversation. They were called uh, the Auto Defensas, Grupo de Auto Defensas. Basically, that just means self-defense group. Uh, what they did was they were tired of the Knights Templar cartel owning most of the Michoacan state in Mexico. So they decided to take up arms. And they pushed the Knights Templar out of Michoacan. And then they were subsequently co-opted by the federal government. And they're pretty much now just as bad as the Knights Templar cartel already was. They cook <laughs> meth, like, to pay for their weapons. They terrorize people. They break into people's homes, you know, extort people, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not really sure what Sean Penn was thinking when he went to go interview El Chapo. I don't know if he's trying to show El Chapo from a different light. I don't know if he's trying to say that maybe Why we, would you? I, I don't know if maybe he's trying to say that, we lo- that we're looking at El Chapo the wrong way and that he actually is a charismatic and good dude, which I highly doubt because the way the cartels operate in Mexico is way, be- way below the rule of law. You couldn't like, tell that to any of the motherfuckers that El Chapo paid off. Can't tell it to any soccer league that didn't get new uniforms from El Chapo that <laughs> or or politicians in Mexico's federal government, you know what I mean, that get lots and lots of payoffs to look the other way. Shit. Or or the or the policia estatal that, you know, patrols the region that, you know, he escaped from. But here's like that. Like, look at any of us, though. Imagine imagine if like someone just came up with a fucking briefcase It was a representative of a representative of a friend of a person who was delivering you a briefcase and asked you to look another way. What are you gonna do? You're not gonna look the other way? That I mean, depends. you personally. Like, I'm a rando. If somebody gave me a briefcase full of that much money, I'd be like, yeah, bro, I'll look the other way. I'm not in, <laughs> I'm not in a position of office. I don't have to uphold the rule of law. I'm you legally, know what I mean? I'm legally blind. 
And you know what? That's a good thing because it shows that we're like, at, sadly, we may be a little bit sheepish in that in that sentiment, but it shows that we're at least normal. Sean Penn's going to sit by and try to bullshit himself and everybody else around. He's going to say it just like this to answer your question. Well, I think possibly what we can do is to maybe bring awareness to this situation and also talk about this as you know, you so thank you, Sean Penn. When. Thank you, Sean Penn, because I'm sure millions of Mexican citizens are not aware of the drug terrorism and that happens also there. For this, for this for-profit industry, the billions and billions of dollars it takes to incarcerate American citizens disproportionately for nonviolent offenses for drugs. See, you could have just said that. You could have just said that on your blog, Sean. You know what I mean? You could have tweeted that. You, you, you didn't have to go all the way to Mexico and interview some asshole, all right? I, I wanted to know about the... Give me back my daughter! <laughs> no, like, come on. Uh, there are better ways to go about this. One that, you know, doesn't piss off uh, two, two countries. Yeah, right. You know, whole countries. Because despite all the shit we talk, or the shit I just talked about Mexico, it's not like they're exactly lawless. You know what I mean? They are trying to deal with this problem. And it's a problem they're going to have to deal with from the inside out, unfortunately. And uh, because they're largely ineffective at doing this so far, that's why groups like the Auto Defensive Group show up in general, because people are tired of an unresponsive government. This is not Sean Penn's problem. He is an actor. <laughs> he is a film star from which the gunman, his most recent movie, was terrible. I didn't, yeah, it, it really was awful. I, I didn't watch the El Chapo Sean Penn interview, uh, mostly because Sean Penn's an actor. He's not a journalist. He's not a politician. Now, if John Kerry had dragged his ass all the way down there and interviewed El Chapo, I would have watched, that, watched shit. that shit. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but Sean Penn. It's Sean Penn, the douchebag actor who's admittedly a great actor, but come on. He's way out of his depth here. Uh, it's inappropriate. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, we kind of like kind of let that cat out of the bag a little bit. I also want to talk about... um. A little bit of a little bit of a meta thing, a little bit behind the scenes, I guess. You know, I guess um, our audiences were kind of wondering what the fuck happened for 2016. Did the nowhere generation die? Oh yes, the nowhere generation. Now with hard drive space. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it was a slight oversight. Yeah, go it was ahead. a slight oversight. We just didn't look okay. at the bar go, that Kyle, tells us how much space we have in the hard drive. Kyle, go ahead, tell us. Let, let, kind of. Oh, don't what shame happened. him like that. I'm no, not shaming. Sh- he's making me shame myself. <laughs> it's not shame if you. Own up to something. I and have remedy never it. owned a Mac before we started this show. I did, not <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that MacBook. I did not know there was so much space inside that damn trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Sad story. Sad times. For our listeners out there, Kyle is our de facto audio engineer, and uh, generally is responsible for uh, you know the scant editing we do and then the uploading to the SoundCloud page. Well, when you uh, overlook the fact that. Uh, the hard drive is 100% full. Apparently, the computer doesn't like to upload anything or save anything. And also, it doesn't tell you the error. It but, just says it failed. Yeah, it doesn't tell yeah. you that you're out of space. It doesn't tell you why you failed or why it failed. <laughs> it's not like Windows. Mac's got to be all you know pretentious and lofty about it. No, it's just not going to work. Well, well d- figure d- it uh, out. You should know why it doesn't work. Well, the reason why we're telling everybody this is because um, we did, like... Essentially, this was going to be our first episode we reload, We uploaded for 2016. Hey, what's up, guys? We didn't die or anything like that. Because but, we actually recorded one two weeks ago, but yeah. it never made it online. Well, good news, ladies and gentlemen. You get that episode free of charge. 
Like all the rest of them. <laughs> but this one's even more free. It's even freer. So basically, like this week, you guys get like a double dose of Nowhere Generation. If you can stomach that much. <laughs> if you can stomach a whole two hours of us. Double dose of our, our awesomeness. Yeah. Double dose of that pimping. <laughs> of our snide bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not pin ourselves too much, guys. Because we do got to talk about these. We do got to talk about an issue that just... Just impaired the world as we know it as of last week. As all these just <laughs> the celebrity genocide of 2016. Oh my God! January just the, has just been savage this year. The successive death of celebrities. Ow! Like we all remember this first started with um. And David Bowie died. No, Lemmy. Lemmy. Co- oh, Lemmy. Le- Lemmy from Motorhead died. Yeah. Right? And then David Bowie died. That was pretty sad. And then Alan Rickman died, and that really kind of hit that hard because that's really Hans Gruber, hurt. man. Hans Gruber died. That's, that's not cool at all. For all the people that were born in the year 1990 onward, um, Severus Snape. Yeah, that that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> For the people who are 30 years and older. And then the guy from the Eagle died. I felt nothing because I fucking hate the Eagles. Fuck you. Well, I can't really say fuck you. I guess I'm. Yeah, I, the Eagles are awful. I, I it's sad that the guy died, no, no, but no. the Eagles are terrible. I guess I'm trying to support this for I know, like, some. I'm sure I know at least one or two white folks who fucking love the Eagles or something like that. What kind of songs? What are they singing? What? Tequila Sunrise, Hotel California, oh, okay. Take It Easy, okay. uh, Life in the Fast Lane. All, all, all the songs that come on classic rock radio that immediately make <laughs> you want to fall into a coma. For motherfucker that hates, you know they shit. <laughs> you know they're. Cal- I know they're shit because I have parents. That are baby boomers. Like your oh, parents, okay. Mike. Oh, okay. oh, no, man. They were born after 1960. I'm just sitting here like, I kind of like that, that Hotel y- California. You can be born but after Eagles, 1960 and still be a baby boomer. Eagles are still ass. Yeah, they're, they're really terrible. <laughs> yeah. they, really, they really are awful. I, I really have no comment about it. I mean, I guess like whenever I heard that like Hotel California, it was like, it was like later in my life when I finally fully heard it. I was like 20, and I was like, wow, they're, they're like... I should have heard this a long time ago. No, it's okay. Uh, that's one thing black people get right, Mike. The <laughs> fact that uh, they don't listen to the fucking Eagles. True. Because the Eagles, Mike, is probably one of the whitest rock bands to ever have come around. Also yeah, true. bro, I can give you some. I can. They, they sing. They sing sort of. Uh, you know, I guess. I guess you could call it southern rock style. They they kind of have that twang in their voice. You know what I mean? It's a little bit southern sounding, a little bit country sounding, but they're fucking from Detroit. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I'm trying to think now. Like, what could what could I follow it up with? Like the whitest bands in the world. And I'm just like, REM, Weezer, Electric Light Orchestra. Weezer is considerably white. Weezer is White ver- Snake. Weezer is very white, but I wouldn't say white exclusive because I know lots of brothers who fuck with that Buddy Holly shit. Okay, but you know, Weezer is actually like a good band. Uh, Weezer white, is a good band. So, yeah. so are we talking like really white bands or white exclusive bands? bands no, that pre- oh, uh, I got one. I got one. Genesis. There you go. No, not Genesis so much, man, because Phil Collins, he fucks with them niggas, okay? What? <laughs> Phil Collins! You heard, yeah. it, you, you heard it first here. We folks. already have the best quote of 2015, Phil Collins. He oh, does. Collins. Collins. You Phil tried. Collins. Phil Collins. Phil Collins Didn't even get his name right. with niggas. Yes, he does. He did like a duet with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and a lot of Genesis' old stuff, very bass and very like funk heavy, so I would say they're white exclusive. Now, I will say that maybe... like. Who else can I say probably like falls under the line of like um any kind of rhythm, any kind of stuff is just like, okay, if a rapper sampled you, you're not white exclusive. They sampled <laughs> Aerosmith, Genesis. it's okay. You, you made it. <laughs> so what you can get dragged into the game? You can get drafted. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can get drafted. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you've been sampled, 
by a rapper or by a hip hop artist or something with funk and groove in it. So that means Fleetwood Mac even doesn't even get on that list. Oh yes, the 2016 <laughs> White People Draft taking place in Chicago. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I don't even remember the name of that guy from the Eagles who died. Glenn something. Frey? Glenn Frey? I don't know. I made that I up. I have a funny story about the Eagles. Uh, I went with Catherine's parents and they to, go sucked? S- to, yeah, to go see the Doobie Brothers. Oh. All right? And uh, we went to Lone Star Park, which is the horse racing track over here in DFW. And we hung out there for a little bit before the concert. And the whole time I was shit talking the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) They brought brought up the Eagles, right? And I was like, I fucking hate the Eagles. They're just the worst. Okay. Like they're so boring and whitewashed and I hate them. I wish they would stop making music. So we go into the concert hall, right? And uh, the, the first opening band was finished. Guess who the fucking second opening band was? It was Don Felder from the motherfucking Eagles. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and, then, and then proceeded to play all the bullshit Eagles songs that you know and hate. Mm-mm. You just like light a cigarette and just hit him right in the face with it. I was too far away. I was too far away to make, make any kind of negative contact with this <laughs> idiot singing his stupid songs that nobody gave a shit about. Man, with that fiery passion in your heart, you know, I mean. Maybe Look, I am passionate it. about some things, okay? And one of the things I am passionate about is the belief that the Eagles are terrible. A terrible that's, band. That's right. I, I can't even say anything. And I'm really trying to even think right now. Did. Have any hip hop artists like sampled the no. Eagles? No, it's not compatible. Why would they? Like, and plus, I always confuse like those one named, like just bar hard rock bands. I always confuse them together. Chicago, Kansas, America, bread, all, all, Eagles. The, all the places, all, all the bands named after places. <laughs> Kansas, Chicago, Boston, bread, bread, bread. <laughs> named after bread. a city in Canada. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even fucking know which song is which. I'm trying to think. There's this one song that I think could be from the Eagles. I could be wrong. It's called Those Shoes that I did like. I don't think that's from the Eagles. Those Shoes. Shit. It had a really awesome bass line, though. I was just like, oh. And uh, hold on. Hold on a second. Hey, Kyle, Kyle, can you do some? Can you do your quick Google's for me, real quick? What, what I do? We got to do the Google's on the show. Uh, yeah, I want to know like who does that song, "Those Shoes." It is the Eagles. Holy shit! Son of a bitch! <laughs> oh wait, wait. Then they're not all white exclusive. Then I they, just came to my head. Well, maybe they are. No, they maybe. they still are. No, here's why. Here's my rationale. Beastie Boys did sample one of their songs. The Beastie for- Boys are white. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I was like. They only said, like, wait, Beastie Boys are white. So. And their parents probably <laughs> listened to the Eagles. They had to have. Because their parents had poor taste. Jewish Boys. It's in okay. New a lot of people have poor taste. It's something you shouldn't be ashamed of, but you should. But yeah, a little bit you should. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Not that you should be, but maybe you should be. <laughs> that's so funny. Fuck the Eagles, man. I, I have really no opinion on this, so if you guys listen to the show and you guys like the fucking Eagles, hate those two motherfuckers. <laughs> if you guys like the Eagles, I. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> send us all the nasty emails you want. Call us insensitive. That's great. We just want emails. And those emails, where can those emails go to, guys? You can send them to the nowhere generation at gmail.com. Also, you can send an email in the form of a voice message if you call the number 214-810-0167. I think that's just called a phone call. You know what, Kyle? We don't need a semantic argument over this. True. We're trying to get back on our feet. First show of 2016. Okay. Technically, it's a second show, actually. Mike, 
<laughs> we just we literally just said semantics. <laughs> you know what's funny? You guys talk about semantics right now, and um, we're gonna get in the conversation about the Academy Awards and uh, the diversity here in a little bit. But one thing I did want to know about was um, I just recently saw the uh, the Hateful Eight. Oh yeah, the, you you. Uh... I finally saw that movie over the weekend. Me and Lindsay. I heard there was gratuitous N word. Not as much as Django. Not as that's much kind as Django. of Django is like that's Django. Like that's right. yeah. that's the record. Not as much as Django, but it's still there. Yeah, that's good. and in fact, they even they even sort of uh, they even sort of reference that it isn't a good word to use. Uh, it that word is used very very early on in the beginning, and one of the characters says, "Yeah, you shouldn't call them that. They don't like that anymore." Yeah, it's post Civil War. Ain't no goddamn body slaves now, so you got to like right. everybody's, that's, that's everybody's free. Like, it's in time of Reconstruction, so it's like you might get a popped lip if you fucking talk that nigga shit around people. But no, anyway, like no. Here's about semantics, okay? The opening credits clearly says the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino, and I'm just like, Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Those are two movies. I saw them in two separate sequences. <laughs> well, you paid twice, but I think it's one movie. Have you ever watched Do they Kill count Bill? It as one movie? I don't that, know if he does. That's what they're doing now. That's what that's what the eight is. He Quentin Tarantino's pretentious ass. He literally put the. Oh, uh, whoa! Don't call don't call Tarantino pretentious. He's a little bit. He's not though. He's a little he bit. Pretension in, in implies a lack of talent. I won't say there's a lack of talent, but the, the motherfucker you couldn't tell that guy. You couldn't give that guy a criticism because he's the type of person who's just untouchable. Why would you want to? Because criticism is fair. Okay. I criticize, criticize the product that it he can makes, be but fair. I wouldn't call him pretentious. Not I'm, even a little bit. I'm just saying, how about you this? You know who is pretentious? Sean Penn. Let me, let me, let me finish my point. Let <laughs> Back me finish to my, that shit. No, let me finish my point. Um, <laughs> the, the opening credits of The Hateful Eight, it literally says, the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. What is? I mean, I, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, the gall of this motherfucker. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. He's so ballsy, putting the number of the film. No, I didn't say, you know. I didn't say ballsy. Fucking the guy who, who, the guys who made the date movie could do that, but they don't for some reason. They, they don't because, you know, they're not Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino does have sort of his own little film universe. I don't understand why this is a problem. It's not really a problem, man. It's really not really a problem. I will, however, say, though, as much as I liked Hateful Eight, it's nowhere near one of my top favorites, though. No, it's 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 very good. I really like it actually. But I was just like, by the time that shit ended, I was like, this is a very different Tarantino. Sort of got overshadowed, in my opinion, by uh, some of the other nominees, like uh, The Revenant. That I've, movie's on another level. I, I still need it. to see that movie. I've not seen it yet. I, I have a screener copy on my computer. <laughs> I should probably just download it. And uh, it, I gotta tell you, it's oh man, it. I would have paid. Four times to go see that movie. Yeah, that I, I don't want to sound like a dweeb ass, but like that's what I'm waiting to for. I'm, I'm waiting to see this in the theater. You might just you might just watch it because like, I I gotta say like the sooner you watch it the better. Yeah, you know. But no, um, as it, he downloads said movie, <laughs> click <laughs> click clickety click, <laughs> just uh, click the magnet link there and. <laughs> People, I in no way endorse the thievery of hard. Oh, shut no, the no, fuck no, up. No, the, the, <laughs> The magnet link is from my completely legitimate movie buying website where you click on the magnet and it takes money from your wallet. Yeah, you didn't see that he paid $48 to download yep. the screener. It's out. It's, it's yep. out. Yep. Like, so stay the fuck away from us, MPAA. I, I, uh, I, have, a mo- I have a movie theater in my home and it's the actual movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. 
Totally legit. That's anyway, good. Mike, uh, yeah. yeah, the Revenant is 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 truly, it's transcendent, man. I, I, it. I don't want to talk about it too much because you haven't seen it, but Mike, there there are shots in that movie where you're going to be going, how the fuck did they get this? I will say that um, a lot of it is real too. There's very little overblown visual effects. It, yeah. it, it's a simple movie. It really is just a story of survival, but the way that it's handled is so unbelievably sublime. That it's a man and there's a bear. It no, the, like the movie is literally player versus environment. Like, yeah, that's what I heard. And I did see a clip of the, uh, I did see the actual like full on bear attack scene on YouTube. Before I haven't seen any of this movie. I have not. I've, I think I've. That's maybe good. Seen a trailer. That's good. Don't look up any good. clips from the movie. I'm. I like. I'm not necessarily sad that I saw that scene before I saw the movie because in context of the movie, you still don't see that shit coming. So. Yeah. Didn't we see a trailer for The Revenant during Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the only trailer. That's the only thing I've seen about that movie. Give, give it a shot, Cold Kyle. Boy was, it, 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 was like breathing all hard shit with like the trailer music. It was awesome. <sighs> and, and and then he says that line, I'm not afraid of dying. I've done it already. Jesus. And there was a clip where he's getting on a fucking horse, running away from some engines, and the horse runs off the goddamn cliff. Oh, and that, <laughs> that movie pulls no punches with its violence. Its violence is it's gritty and it's real, and what makes it even more effective is that there's hardly a lot of editing in the movie. A lot of the shots are long, long takes, free-form takes. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, the camera also likes to follow where people are looking. So when, when Leo looks over to the left, the camera will then pan over to the left. And then when he looks back straight ahead, it will pan back straight ahead. It's very fluid. And it, it must have just taken so much effort to get some of these shots, man. Huh. I've, I, I heard that people started to quit the movie because everybody was wet and cold. You know, because they, they filmed it out there in the wilderness. Yeah, you know everybody I mean? was feeling what Leo was feeling, apparently. <laughs> and Leo wears that effort. shit on At the end of the face. day, it's it a really team was. effort. It really was. Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaritu, the guy that, that made the movie, uh, even said, like, listen, I'm kind of a dick when it comes to, 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 to getting the shots that I want. But, I mean, when you see the product, it, yeah. uh, <laughs> bro, be as much of a dick as you'd like. <laughs> What's the guy, that cinematographer, Emmanuel Lubisky? Yes. He yes. could be the one cinematographer that I hate to say it is better than who's your guy? Um Roger Deakins? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm because uh, I don't know. They they filmed The Revenant mostly in natural. I could talk about The Revenant all day. We're kind of getting off topic here. We were going to yeah. talk about the Oscars, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, finish what you were saying. Uh, okay. Well, it, Emmanuel Lubezki's cinematography is absolutely sublime. Uh, it I've used that word a lot. That's my favorite word tonight, I think. But um, <laughs> I, I can't describe it. it. It's it's like a ghost made the movie. It's like the places they were able to stick the camera and, and everything like that. It, it It really is innovative without being innovative. Because we've seen this story a bunch of times. There's how you can count all these kind of movies where somebody got lost in the wilderness and then had to make it back. The right? Bro, I played it. We've played this before. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a, it's a big trope. But I I'm I'm a believer that you don't really have to be truly original. Okay, you don't you don't have to try so hard. If you take an idea that's been done before, but you do it really really well, that's all you really need to do. Sicario was a perfect example of that. That is a great movie. Fucking god! Wait, didn't we talk about that last week or two weeks ago? The episode that was lost. I think we did. Yeah, maybe we did. But this we have new context. We're going to talk about the. Fucking but in terms of the Oscars, uh, of the Oscars. Mike, there's a point of contention about the Oscars. Why don't you lead Wait. in with this? I'll lead in with this. Right but now. first, <laughs> you'll read. You'll read. <laughs> but first, let me take a selfie. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, 
I actually wanted to bring this up. I want to bring this up to you guys because um, just right now, as you know, we were talking about the Academy Awards. Um, they've just been announced about a couple of days ago. Yes. And they got John Krasinski and Guillermo del Toro to read them. And again, for the second year in a row. <laughs> Two people all, who were not nominated. <laughs> not for a goddamn thing. Anyway, no. But like, uh, basically, they were reading off all the nominations for the major awards, major like acting awards for all the Oscars and stuff like that. And for the second consecutive year in a row, all the actors and actresses are white. And immediately the, the Twitterverse and a lot of the crazy, 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 crazy lib media. Yeah, the outrage porn addicts. Yeah, the, the social justice warriors had to immediately, they were ready. They were so ready to start like throwing out the hashtag Oscar so white thing. And Didn't even Chris Rock do it? Like, and he's hosting. <laughs> I think, I don't know if he did or if I, he didn't. I, honestly, I haven't heard anything from him on this. Uh, Give me a second. I'm pretty sure he did. Go ahead, but can, uh, while he's looking that up, why don't you continue with your point? Like, pretty much, and like, what happened was everyone was talking about this, and I'm just like, oh man, they were just ready to do this. And first of all, me being on my shit, on my sensibility shit, I, was just, I wish I could respond with just like, y'all, hey, guess what? It's not Oscar so white. How about Oscar Ben White? Oscar born white. Oscar equals white. I mean, I'm not trying to sit there and play the race card so much. Said, Honestly, like, you know, I, I, guess, like, I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, like, if you were going to deal the card out like that, like, my, my point was just like, I'm really trying to think, okay, outside of this, if you really put that much stake in the fucking Oscars, a lot, I know a lot of people who bitch about the Oscars probably are not fans of the Oscars. Can you really say, like, look, 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 look. look to take a, me out of, like, you know, us out of the picture, but what's going to happen? Basically, behind the scenes is me when we usually almost, like, annually have, like, an Oscar-watching type party thing. Oh, yeah, we're going to have one this year, probably. Catherine's going to want to watch them. Probably, yeah. So, it's like, okay, we watch that shit, but I don't put too much stake in that anymore. No, and you really shouldn't. I mean, like, I guess there was times in the past... I think I have, you know, because we're all huge cinephiles here. We all love our movies. We Found sure do. It, you know? But uh, hold on, before before you read that off, I wanted to say like you know we we think we like to judge and base merit off of other people's shared you know approval or shared merit. You know, it's like it's just like if a million other people say that Stanley Kubrick is a fucking masterpiece, guess what the fuck you're gonna say? You're probably gonna follow along suit and just say he's a masterpiece. Well, hopefully I, I think, the, I now, the thing is, is that uh, institutions are important. You know what I mean? They they are important to humanity to a certain degree. And the, the Academy is uh, one of the, the largest standing institutions of film, okay? Yeah. When a film wins an Oscar, uh, that that's, you know, it's winning an award for filmmaking prowess, for acting, all that kind of stuff goes into that. For perceived it's nice, excellence. It's, it's nice to see an institution that actually, you know, gives out awards for this stuff. Um, I don't know if they have ever matched up really with reality. Um. Sometimes, sometimes they get it right. Uh, like Amadeus, that movie came out in 1984, and it won Best Picture, it won Best Actor, it won all these, it won like eight Oscars. That's and that a, is a badass movie. There's quite a few of those movies. There's quite a few movies that are obviously just kind of pandery bullshit, and they, you know, they won all the awards. Uh, uh, for example, uh, the actor, Eddie Redmayne, 
won an Oscar for his portrayal of Stephen Hawking in that dog shit movie, The Theory of Everything. I'm not going to go as far as saying dog shit. Uh, it was dog shit. I, I'm, I'm going to go that far and say Nor- the movie was dog shit. Norbit is dog shit, okay? No, no, no. Like, like, theory- so is The Theory of Everything because it tried to be good and was so clearly not good. In my opinion. Uh, In my honest opinion. Okay, okay. Lots to bring off what basically, like, you know, to summarize everything, we figured that an institution that's been in this country, like, you know, been in the Hollywood system for as long as it did, you know, what, almost 90 years, is basically, like, had said, like, hey, we're going to give you the statue to, like, basically display our opinions and our thoughts of your excellence in this particular field. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and for a lot of people, it also meant career growth after you would it receive It certainly one of these does. I mean, when you're an Oscar winning or an Oscar nominated actor, your salary is going to go up. You're going to get more work because it's seen by a community of filmmakers and actors that you are really good. Yeah. And I mean, okay, like I said, the Oscars don't always get it right. They really don't a lot of the time. No. It, it seems like a lot of the time the Oscars are, you know, the, it's an extension of celebrity culture in a lot of ways because a lot of our celebrities are actors, right? Right. And it it, it feels more like um like a like a two hour long circle jerk that happens on TV. Three, they're all, uh, they're all three, sort of patting themselves on the back. Three hour, three hour, three hour long circle jerk. <laughs> well, I fall asleep during one of those hours. So <laughs> during the musical performance, yeah, during all the, the best best original <laughs> song nominees that nobody gives a shit about. Okay, like, uh, but I think. I don't think I know uh, why Jada Pinkett and Spike Lee and and Chris Rock are mad well, about this. Well, no, no. Let me let me go. Let me go ahead and actually break out break down for the people who. Because this know. is what you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. The hold, racial disparity. Hold up. What I'm going to do is I actually do have the clip right here, and I'm going to play it right now for all the people. So you guys, I don't want to misquote anything, but I want you guys kind of get like a context of what Jada Pinkett said, and. Um, I guess we can kind of follow up to the response to that. Okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds One good. One second. I can't help but ask the question. Hi, today is Martin Luther King. And I can't help but ask the question. Is it time that people of color recognize how much power influence that we have amassed that we no longer I ask the question, have we now come to a new time and place where we recognize that we can no longer beg for the love, acknowledgement, or respect of any group? That maybe it's time that we recognize that if we love and respect and acknowledge ourselves in the way in which we are asking others to do,
diminishes power. And we are a dignified people. We are powerful. Let's not forget it. So, let's let Nick have it. Let him have it. With all grace and love. And let's do us. Y'all heard that shit. <laughs> what, what did y'all think of that? Interesting statement. Uh, she brings up a lot of interesting points. Um, to basically these like, things are hard, right? Um, look. To basically in summation, like her and uh, Jada uh, and, uh, and Spike Lee and, and today Will Smith went on record. That's the key word. Went on record to tell the world that they're not going to watch the Oscars or, or go to them. Okay. And uh, there's... Four vacant seats. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought. It's just like, nigga, don't go there. I honestly like, think the Academy could care less. I, was, I know they could care less. The first thing I thought. But it was, isn't for the reasons that she might think. What do you think, man? Tell me what you think, and I'll tell you what I think when I heard that shit. Well, we had this conversation earlier today. Okay. Um, I think the issue that she's trying to make, and obviously I'm reducing it, right? All right. Is that the black community isn't well represented in the actual film community. No. no um, not. And some people might equate this as a misrepresentation of American culture. That black that the black community isn't getting their proportionate voice. That I don't know if it's true when you look at population statistics and how it ties into how everybody does everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um black people are a minority in this country. They are the minority. They are the minority voice. So seeing a lot of movies that come out that mostly star white people in them, made by white people, written by white people, isn't disrepresentative of, of the actual population and the values that we uphold. Um, I get it, all right? I get it. But I think, I think the bigger issue, and the one that I notice more, is, is maybe there aren't enough black filmmakers I could damn sure say there's like not enough like black films. Like I and you know what you know what's so funny like in this day and age I feel like I feel like we're like when you date back to like the seventies the eighties even the yeah 90s, when, when the when even, the when the great black dissident films started to be made yeah like or like the early or like even so much as like the early two thousands like I didn't have to sit by and like have to wait for my seasonal Tyler Perry Medea film to come out it's like there was just movies that just fucking came out by directors like you know that had majority of African American cast and believe it or not when it came to art audience viewership at the end of the day like. It didn't feel like it had to be like a racially, like politically made statement. I feel like today everything has to be made on such a political stance and a platform. Well, everybody's got to take a stand, you know, is, is, yeah. what, is what it's feeling like. Everybody's got to be outraged over something. And I'm thinking that the outrage is a little bit misplaced. <laughs> and if we actually had a following of people that listened to us that was big, uh, this would be a point of contention in whatever comments would be left, right? Because yeah. these statements that, that we make so freely aren't aren't really that easy to make anymore. Uh, if, if I was in a, a you know, public forum like a college campus, saying what I just said might get me into trouble. Here, here's what I will say. And Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Look, I, I do believe that the problem is, seriously, that there aren't enough black filmmakers. If you, as a black American, are dissatisfied with, uh, with this disproportionate number of white films to black films, then there needs to be more black filmmakers. I'm not trying to put the blame on anybody. I'm not... I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just saying that there are there aren't really very many black filmmakers. Not 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 many that are well known. 
we have Spike Lee, we have Tyler Perry, and I can't think of any others. Maybe that's because I'm just white, but... Let me tell you my response to this shit, okay? This is my response to this whole fucking video, and I'm looking, and I'm, and I was like, man, there's levels to this shit, okay? You can't fucking fool me, all right? Here's one thing I noticed about it, if you watch the video. I look at Jada Pinkett, and I see her sitting on a fucking nice, beautiful-ass couch in her mansion mm-hmm. with her husband. In Beverly Hills, or wherever her, the fuck she lives. And we all know who her fucking husband is, Will Smith. Yeah. He had one movie to come out this year. The fucking concussion movie. I haven't seen it. Did you ever see that? No, no. But I heard it was like, at best, like a Lifetime movie. It was okay. He didn't pick up a nomination for his thing. And for years, it's been documented how upset he was for not getting an Oscar nomination for certain movies. Like, he he really thought his Oscar-winning vehicle, like, say, in the past, is fucking seven pounds. Fuck that movie. He kills himself with jellyfish. The movie's kind of dumb. He kills himself with box jellyfish at the end of the movie. The issue isn't but, Will Smith's acting ability. It's, on, you know, it's, the fact that that movie was dumb. Hold, like, hold on. like, basically, I'm saying it's just like maybe your movie wasn't as good as you were saying you were. And I will say this. As I do think to, uh, I do think at the end of the day, like, Hollywood has treated Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith very fucking well. Yeah. 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 They really have. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not like Will Smith isn't a huge international superstar. Yeah. Okay. And it's not like, you know, it's not like we don't live in a world where Jamie Foxx happens or something like that. Yeah, now, did, like, or even a Denzel. I was told you, right. I'll tell you this right now. Like, fucking, you think Denzel is going to miss the fucking Oscar? Hell no. Hell, <laughs> hell no. He just got the <clears throat> Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes. He's one of the finest living today in that profession. He's dare say uh, one of the actors that that transcended yeah. the whole racial politics bullshit because just, he's so charismatic and so good at what he does. And I'm not, but here's one thing I will say: I find a little bit of a dissonance in your original statements, though, because like I said, ultimately when I heard this whole thing and the reasons behind it, I felt very mixed because I was just like, I sadly do like notice, I guess, like an underrepresentation of. Of I guess minorities of just all kinds in movies, just in general movies. Like I'll tell you this right now: after Twelve Years a Slave, I don't need to see another piece of fiction about slavery right. again. Unless you're like, how t- many times has that been done? Because because right. I'll tell you right now: with all slavery movies, it tends to push home a message. Right? right. Slavery is wrong. It pushes on a message. Unless you're going to have a movie that's set about slavery with a different like a different message at hand. Then, okay, maybe I'll tune into it. But after 12 Years of Slave and after Django Unchained, I don't need it anymore. There's going to be a show on WGN America that tries to, like, it's like an edgier slave time antebellum South TV show about the Underground Railroad. And it had Kanye West's black skinhead in the background. You know, the na 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We going to get out of here. I'm not shitting you. Seems a little pandery. Seems a little condescending. Yeah. And this is my point, right? You can bring up these issues till the cows come home, and you can you can you can be outraged as much as you want, but you can't force this. Is my point? You can't force this because when you do, it just becomes a condescending circle jerk. Is really what it is, and I, I don't like I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea that that we should that we should force an institution. To change its ways because it's not going to turn out like you thought. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think she was sitting there like trying to say for forcing anything like that. I paid attention to really closely what she said. Also, what she said was, "We are not going to beg for any more." Fuck you. You're begging for attention. That is, is exactly what, what you're doing by making yeah. that video. You just did that. First of all, I can tell you this right now. She makes it, a good point. You like, shouldn't have to beg you for that have kind to of recognition. Beg 
but you just did. The fact that I read the news, the fact that I read an article on IMDb about you and Spike Lee, both who had or no or had colleagues that had very like you know well-known projects released this year and didn't get any mainstream award uh, consideration for it, shows how petty this whole thing is at the end of the day. And you had many critics who basically came out and said, like, spoke out against her about this. It's just like, why the fuck are you going to boycott something? Like, think about a young African-American or just any minority actor or actress in Hollywood today who you're sending that message to about wanting to, about wanting to do this whole boycott thing. And condemn the institution that can actually elevate you. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't sit there and just be like... One of the main people who spoke out against this actually was, um, 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 I forget her name, uh, Janet Hubert. She played uh, the original Aunt Viv, the dark-skinned Aunt mm-hmm. Viv. On, I heard about um, this. Yes. On um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince. She fucking gave Will and Jada their ass and basically said, like, this shit is not that fucking serious. You're living in Beverly Hills. Your fucking son, your son, your son, not a typo. Your son is a uh, is the new spokesmodel for Victoria's Secret, which is weird. <laughs> fucking weird. You both have a And I yeah, and I, like I don't I, You're right, Mike. Like I don't buy Yeah. Jada Pinkett's story. I don't buy it. And the reason why is because they are like American royalty and their their kids get to be the new California dilettantes. I'll tell tell you right now, she ain't got what I, like, like, I don't have what they have. No. You don't have what they have. Not even close. Not even close. We don't have You don't have what they have. You're right. Like, when you think about this, like, how this all, like, transcends lives, just like, I don't even feel like, personally, Jada, you're on the level of any up and coming star in, in, in America or something like that. You know what also, like, like I said, like, like Janet Huber basically like bust her down saying like, you know, there's people in the world right now who actually have to deal with real problems. There are young African-American males who are getting shot nine times a day by fucking police or by their own hand. There's people who are out there who are hungry. They need, to, they need bills, you know. Right. They have bills to pay. Fucking Oscars is a goddamn TV show. Yeah, it, it's day. entertainment. And that's all, it, that's all it is, by the way. Like, I'm, like outside... It's, of- it's, it's an entertaining award show about entertainment. Yeah. To see which entertainment was the most entertaining. And then you go the fuck to bed afterwards. It's not it's not that big of a deal. She even said it herself, and she also said if you're gonna sit there and talk about how much you wanna like help people out, ask Will about this. Will Smith about this. He's like when we were back working on um um we were back working on Fresh Prince, they said, Okay, the show got pretty popular sometimes. So he said, Hey, how about, you know, Will, since you're the star of the show, how about you talk to the executives of NBC asking them saying, like, hey, we could all like kind of pull ourselves together and just be like, hey, maybe we can do something like negotiate a raise. So you, you like to talk about helping out your people and shit like that. Cause that's what the cast of Friends did. That's what the cast of Big Bang Theory did. All these ensemble TV shows did. Right. And Will said, nah. I'm going to keep getting paid my money and fuck all you other motherfuckers on this show. Yeah, so. that's another thing. How many <laughs> how many heads did, did Jada Pinkett have to step on to get to where she is today? Hey, I don't know how many. How many did Will Smith do? Hey. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying there is a level of hypocrisy to her statement that is glaringly obvious. There's a level of stupidity to all of that. Like- <laughs> and, and a lot of people aren't going to want to admit this yeah. because they want to be outraged. Yeah, they they want to they want to stand up and cry about this disparity, when really the solution is simple. If 
you guys want there to be more films that represent the black community, then there maybe needs to be more black writers, more black actors, more black filmmakers. Or, you know what? You don't have to. You don't have to. Because at the end of the day, they're just movies. I will say this, though. I will say this, though. And this is one thing, no offense at all, when I think there could possibly be a little bit of a disconnect is, like, there's always going to be that one thing where you realize that maybe the door gets slammed into your face a lot of times. We can we can we can we can debate whether this is all. I can't speak to that because I, like I said, I'm not I'm not a black man. I am a cis white male, which automatically makes me uh, unable to talk about any social issues. Get the fuck out of here! I'm listening to you right now. We're talking about this, but but in the end of the day, I'm saying there's like these people are like the luckiest of the lucky. Maybe I kind of feel like I would feel something a little more for like the one person who like went to Juilliard but moved all the way to L.A. to to wipe tables and at best has been a walk-on for a couple of soap operas or something like that. Who maybe feel like they're actually affected by something. Who actually feel like, okay, maybe there was like a multitude. Because get this, last year had like an actual like handful of like minority like you know centered roles in movies whereas like this year we had about maybe three or four okay like we had straight out of compton great movie i mean in a like i thought was really great uh we fucking talked about sicario god damn it they forgot all about benicio that year right and for the movie that was like one of the best things of the year. Like my main anger, my main upsetness this year, when it came to like the Oscars, the what little damn I give it on the entertainment level was that the people I liked didn't like you know the shit I liked that I thought was like the best right. of the year didn't get any recognition. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you. And <sighs> Beast of No Nation, dude. Right, nothing. That was some nothing. shit. <laughs> they just said fuck Elba, fuck Idris. <laughs> Fuck Benicio. We'll nominate. Like, I did get kind of annoyed, though. Like, Jennifer Lawrence again. <laughs> well, they find their little people now. Their little circle. You know, they f- probably figured, like, Meryl Here's Streep. the thing. Here- Meryl Streep's going to have to die soon. We need a new Look, one. Look, a lot of movies get made every year, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Look, a lot of movies get made every year. Yeah. Uh, there are quite, quite a lot of movies that come out through the main machine of... You know the big Hollywood studios, okay? And then there are mm-hmm. many more that come out outside of that, independent films. And uh, look, the Oscars will only be able to choose a handful of those movies, okay? They will only be able to give a fuck about a handful of those that movies. That too. That's a big point. That That is a big point. And sometimes I feel that they don't have the same interests that you and I as moviegoers have. They're all, um, <laughs> they're all 40 to 60-year-old white guys. This is evident in the fact that, um, well, look at how much money each, each of these movies makes. Okay, uh, look, yeah. at, look, okay, big uh, Best Picture nominee, the uh, Spotlight. Yeah. About fuckery in the Catholic Church. Yeah. How much money do you think it made compared to, say, Straight Outta Compton? Oh, probably not nearly as much. That's what I'm talking about. Because, like, you know. But I, 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 was, I wasn't that, like... Because, really, the, what, what determines w- if your movie is wildly successful or not isn't necessarily the awards that it gets. It's how much money it gets. Yeah. Straight out of Compton got a shitload of money. And it was a pretty decent movie. Yeah. I gotta say, I really liked it. So, really, who won at the end of the day? 
I got to say, it's a, look, the, the funniest thing ever, like I said. I you st- getting mad because you don't get a, a statue? A fucking Look, check this out. Fuck a statue. You got millions. Millions. Right. You can buy millions. all the statues you fucking want. Millions. And not only, you can use a lot of your money to make the movies you want to make. Hey, hey, what? guys. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Which hey. would solve one of the problems that we've been talking about. Hey, director. Hey, Mr. Director. F. Gary Gray. Hey, I might buy your fucking movie because you have an uncut extra 30-minute uh, uh, director's cut. Like, I may buy your movie. That should be worth more than F. Gary Oscar. Gray. F. Gary Gray. Refresh my memory. What did he do? Uh, Friday. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Friday. Did he also do Dead Presidents? Uh, no, that's the Hughes Brothers. The Hughes Brothers. Okay. See, F. Gary Gray actually kind of moved on to, like, Hollywood standard. He did the Italian he's, job, he's which a, I didn't he's hate. He's a working director. Yeah. He also did Law Abiding Citizen. <laughs> that was a dog shit movie, but a lot of people went and saw it. Again, he won out. Say, same way Tyler Perry wins out with, with his market share. He also owns his own company. Well, there I'll, you go. I'll say right now, top, like, Tyler Perry, and, you're an and ass. If, and, if anybody, and if anybody actually doesn't really deserve that, that stature, it is Tyler Perry because he's such a shit filmmaker. Here's the thing he's a brilliant businessman. Sure, he is. He's a brilliant. I I cannot attack his business acumen. But be look, look the, if Tyler Perry is evidence of anything, <laughs> is that anybody can do this? Okay, yeah. you got a vision, you got ambition, you got you got something you want to say, you can do it. Yeah, you really can. There there, there really isn't anything stopping you. All right. <clears throat> if you're worried you're going to get in trouble because you don't have permission to film in locations, people do that shit all the time. And I gotta say, at the end of the day, I'm just gonna be like, if you're worried about throwing the yeah. money together, you can make yeah. a movie on an iPhone. Can't get an aerial shot. Look at they're look, making drones. Yeah, you can get an aerial shot. Yeah, you sure can, you can. You got drones. Uh, no. All right. Did you see the movie Tangerine? No, not yet. I wanted to. I haven't yet. That's an independent movie. Came out on Netflix. It's a, a Christmas movie. Is really what it is. Awesome. Um, and it's a movie about transvestite hookers mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles area on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day kind of thing. It is a fantastic movie. Really gritty, man. It really puts you in it. Yeah. Um, it was shot on an iPhone. Well, super, super shoestring budget. I mean, I think that the, the most famous actor they have in there, and he's not even famous by a damn sight, is James Ransone. <laughs> I just know who James Ransone is because I love Generation Kill. Right. Right. right? But th- there really isn't anything stopping you. You know, if you want to if you want to make a movie, you know, get the fuck up and make one. Yeah. You got an idea? You got something you want to say? Say it. If it's really good and it does resonate with a lot of people, you're going to be fine. If it doesn't, then whatever. Try again. Because I'm really trying to think about like, the, the importance of the Oscars. Right down from like what it means to people, how much people remember it, the raters, like the, the ratings the, the yeah. each year the show gets. Right. Which they said last year was That's, at an all-time low. Yep. <laughs> because people are waking up to the fact that it's, it's kind of an old institution. It's antiquated. It's stuffy people in penguin suits being dumb. And there's been, like I said, you're going to sit there and tell me, like, look, I'm being mature. I'm going to be a 30-year-old mature adult and say this right to you right now. I do not think Dances with Wolves is a terrible movie. <laughs> I think Dances no, with Wolves. No, it's not a terrible movie. It's also, I think but it's actually, also not a great or groundbreaking movie. I think it's good. I say it's good. It's good. Dances with Wolves is a good movie. Look, you're gonna sit it, there it was and, a safe choice. You're gonna sit there you and didn't tell piss me. anybody off. Yeah. It was kind of inoffensive. And it had, I guess, a positive message at the end, right? <laughs> I feel like. And the- how can you be mad at Kevin Costner? 
You really can't be. You really can't be mad at Kevin Costner. He's okay. like the most normal, average Joe-looking dude. That couldn't give me one goddamn British accent in Robin Hood, and I still watched the movie. Exactly. <laughs> I still watched it. <laughs> I mean, but who were the other nominees that year? Uh, the only one that really matters, Goodfellas. There you go. And it didn't win, did it? No, it didn't. It but it didn't. didn't matter, did it? Because no. <laughs> opposed, the- opposed to Dances with Wolves, Goodfellas actually is inculcated as one of the greatest American films ever made. Dances with Wolves generally isn't considered that. It's a, it's a very good movie. Sure, but it's kind of hackneyed and kind of tedious and a little bit overblown for the kind of movie that it is. There really isn't a whole lot there. The depth, it's lacking. It's a mile wide, an inch deep. Goodfellas was not like that. Goodfellas was, to a degree, in- innovative and fun to watch and engaging and kind of covered that kind of subject matter, which is also inculcated into American film history, the gangster movie. It's been around since movies have been around, okay? Everybody loves to see shit about gangsters. Oh, yeah. White gangsters, black gangsters, Jewish, Armenian, who cares? They're awesome. We like, we like to see shit about gangsters. It's fun because yeah. it's a world that we're not privy to. Goodfellas did it so effectively that people fucking forgot about Dances with Wolves. They didn't forget about Goodfellas. No, they never forget about Goodfellas. Name one scene from Goodfellas and then name another scene. I can't fucking think of a scene from goddamn Dances with Wolves. I can't. It's such a boring movie compared to Goodfellas. I'll tell you one great scene from. I'll tell you one amazing scene. I'll tell you one of the best lines from Goodfellas right now is the opening of the movie. All my life, I always wanted to be a gangster. Unforgettable. Oscars got it wrong. They didn't. Gi- they didn't give it the win. Who gives a shit? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm funny. How funny? How funny? How? <laughs> yeah, I know. Mike, you don't got to tell me. I love Goodfellas. I'm just. I'll go home and watch that movie right now. I don't care. I'll watch it four times. Like <laughs> one of our one of our collective 21st century favorites would probably have to be The Departed. I almost wish that didn't win. The padded. The padded. The padded. Having parking lot in the car. <laughs> Apple sauce. If I see you down there at Kennefix Liquor Mart again, you're gonna catch a beating. <laughs> it's the tone with Ben Affleck. Right, right. You know, anyway, okay. but like, I almost wish that was a Best Picture loser. I almost, I felt like that won Oscar for Best Picture because it was like. Guys, are we really going to give this fucking best statue? Look, we thing gotta we gotta wake up, okay? We, to we gotta movie. we gotta do some soul searching and come to the realization that the Oscars just aren't very cool. Yeah, they're old. People put a lot of money behind it, and like they gotta go. Do you think all these stars, every for every celebrity ass that fills that seat in the Kodak Theater, do you think they enjoy having to do the whole rounds of tuxedo riddles and fittings and bullshit and having the whole backless? Cleveland having the fucking camera show. watching your face. Get, and then they're going to pillory you for, for looking a little bit upset when you didn't win. And everyone's fucking just like, you know how much walking you have to do? You realize all these actors got here out of a parking lot. You know how much walking they have to do? Imagine the walking you have to do from like all the parking lots filled up. Can't get drunk because, you know, everything's on camera. Have you ever walked the whole parking lot of fucking Grapevine Mills? Yeah. Imagine doing that with high heels. To a red carpet event in a fucking snuggy ass dress, nope. and niggas think, taking pictures of you. I think, all the, I think the time. point we were trying to make is that here at the Nowhere Generation, we also hate the Oscars, but not for the reasons everybody's mad about. We we don't like it because it, it's not good for movies. All right, it's listen. It's a necessary evil. I don't think that it is. I, I think it, it's. I think that if it didn't air, then nobody would give a shit. Look, look I'll tell you this right now. I'll tell you this in the like honestly, real talk. 
I do want to see Leo get his fucking Oscar finally. Everybody does. I do want to. I I can rest assured. Maybe I guess can what's stop. gonna happen if he does win? We're gonna turn that shit off. Because we're done now. We might we, as well. We, we came. <laughs> we arrived at our moment of pleasure. And that's like the second to last Oscar they announce is the best actor. Right. Then it's picture. I don't care about it afterwards. I mean, it's, if some idiot YouTuber, what's up, Matt Pat, that's could could, uh, <laughs> could could make a video on literally the formula on how you can win an Oscar and back it up with actual empirical facts... That's got to tell you that um, maybe they don't think as creatively as we like to think that they do. No. And it's not a racial thing. I really, I really think they're too dumb to be racist. I really think that they're too up their own ass to be racist. Bro, there I was, honestly think that. There were people who voted 12 Years a Slave to win Best Picture who didn't even see it. I know. <laughs> That's upsetting to me. And the, like... way that they, the, the way that they were trying to co-opt Lupita Nyong'o was a little bit sickening. You saw it too. You saw the dick writing. Or... Well, yeah, you know. I'm, let me just say this though. I thought she was great. I still think she's great. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was just like, ah, whatever. Okay, that's good. And also, I want Kyle, to say, we haven't heard from you, man. I haven't, haven't had a whole lot to say. I haven't had a whole lot to say. Talk what do you think about all this mess? Um, Kyle, the Oscar bullshit. What do you think about it? I just, to be honest, I never watched the Oscars. I never gave a shit. Right. So, I mean, I never really cared about who won awards. I never swayed me to watch a movie or care about a specific director or a specific actor. I never gave a fuck. I watched things that I like. What, what was the last entertaining movie that you saw? It doesn't matter if it was in the theaters, just sitting down, just having fun. And you could say yourself as an audience member enjoyed and were entertained by it. I just showed Danielle uh, Cloverfield for the first time a couple days ago. Very good. She's okay. never seen that before. Okay. All right. Did you like it? She did like it. She wants to go see the sequel with me. I'm like, it's not really a sequel. It's kind of. It's like a re soft reboot. Yeah. basically that's cool okay i'm glad you liked it you know i i just know the movie. academy of motion I was like, you've never seen this and she was like no i'm like all right well i know what we're doing tonight did you know the academy of motion picture arts and scientists did not recognize that film for its achievement and that's why the academy can suck a giant dick like, or they can care. just go to sleep half of them is going to be asleep and drunk and Sean Penn is going to present an award. This he's going to get up there and he's going to speak into the microphone. He's going to go on and on and on about the war on drugs and about how America's horrible and all this bullshit. I'm going to wake up the day after the Oscars and there's going to be all these stories about the uh, movies that won their specific awards. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to scroll right past them because I don't give a right. shit. <laughs> Sean Penn's going to be that actor who delivers the best picture nominees because usually they have that shit pre-recorded and the little like film strip thing, right? But like at the end where they do best picture, they always get like a very, very well special actor to just read them on stage there. And he's going to be so boring. He's just going to be like, first of all, we have to talk about the drugs in America. I'm the first. The and you know why? Picture, blah, blah. <laughs> because it's easy to look up shit on people now we we know whether or not somebody's a good person or not from the way that they act sean penn doesn't tip fucking servers in restaurants yeah sounds like a shitty douche sounds like an asshole to me yeah. Yeah. sounds like somebody's got a lot of money and it's a stingy fuck hey listen man and it's way too far up his own ass i don't know if you did tie madonna to that chair and beat her fucking ass like it's been rumored but someone made that rumor about Joe motherfucking ass. And they don't make rumors like that unless they yeah. unless you There's really not a rumor about Keanu Reeves like, that, that says that he tied anybody to a chair and beat them up. Yeah. Or Tom Hanks. Or well, Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. You heard some shit like that coming out about Leonardo. You'd be like, what? You'd be like, I don't really believe I that. I don't think I don't, that's true. I don't think that's true. Yeah. And, and, and DiCaprio can get annoying as well. 
Like, seriously. When, when he gets up and he talks about climate change all the time. Um, I'm, but at least, at least, at least he does work for, for that cause. You yeah. know what I mean? At least he can back it up. He can put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> but, it, you know. I'm still convinced that Wolf of Wall Street just may be the easiest job he's ever had. <laughs> Given, like, he parties a little bit like uh, like Jordan Belfort minus the whole money embezzlement <laughs> and the drug dependency. He's still, like, this nigga's almost 40 and he doesn't date anyone over 25. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we kind of hit on a lot of topics today, guys. Yeah. We did. We did. It was a good, uh, good soft reboot yeah, good of the Nowhere Generation. Yeah, good soft reboot of the first episode. Oh, man. So, yeah, like, like I said, remember, guys, like you guys are going to get a double episode, uh, double dose of uh, us This today. pimping. Yeah. So uh, enjoy that. Um, I don't know. I don't really have too much else to say about that, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, my Twitter handle. You know, I'm trying to like get out there. Biggest underscore people. Mikey. I'll say it for you. Did you remember easy. that? Can you say that again for the world? It's biggest underscore Mikey. Oh god, it's Mike's Twitter. Yeah, it's my it's my Twitter. I don't have a Twitter, or maybe I do. I just don't remember. Um, <laughs> just remember, uh, nowhere generation. You can look something. me up on Facebook. Yeah, you know, the nowhere generation at the nowhere generation. <laughs> it's real. It's us. I swear to God, you'll it, see you a know, picture it's, of it's, uh, Daisy Ridley running away from a black man in the desert. Also, um, <laughs> you can look me up on Steam. Spare underscore ribs. <laughs> look me up. And that's it. Anybody else? Any closing statements, guys? Nope. Nope. Take us home, Wynn. Okay. For the Nowhere Generation, I'm Wynn. I'm Mike. And I'm Kyle. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>